Stephen Jill here. Hi. Welcome to the House Academy Show, entertaining real estate investment talk. I'm Stephen Jack Butella. And I'm Jill DeWitt, broadcasting from not sunny Southern California today. Today, Jill and I talk about good acquisitions cure all other mistakes. We've done this show before, where we've done a similar versions, kind yeah. of an updated version. Right. And uh, with as much conviction as I did it the first time, I just think that if you buy a property right, you buy it cheap, you know the uh, title is in good shape, you buy it, whether or not you buy it with title insurance or you don't, you do that correctly. I don't want to put any pressure, a lot of pressure on you, but I'm just saying that some stuff can unfold at the end of a real estate deal the way stuff can uh, unfold at the end of anything, at the end of a marriage. So if you do it right in the beginning, <laughs> why you do, do you it right do in the that? beginning, because I just think everybody can uh, uh, identify with it. Okay. We need you to come up right with another beginning. example. Okay. I'm all ears. <laughs> okay. How about a car purchase? Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> you know, at the end of a car purchase that you maybe made a mistake on, although mm -hmm. if you buy a lemon, you don't, you get blindsided there. Maybe you bought a vehicle you didn't need or you don't use. That happens. We get anyway, anyway, at the okay. end of at the end of this stuff, we all know how it can unfold uh, incorrectly. Boats are a great example. Thank you. And so it's the same thing with the real estate deal. If you do a lot of things correctly up front, maybe you decide not to do the deal up front uh, because it's I not passing the tests. Then, well, anyway, before we'll we cover. <laughs> before we get into it, let's take a question posted by one of our members on the HouseAcademy.com online community. It's free. Julia wrote. Uh, I guess this is the title. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually weighed in on this one. Oh. I did, actually. So it was good. So I know, I know this one. I can sure. I can definitely answer this. It's uh, the title of the thread is Price Offer Adjustments Slash Percentage Due to the Global, you know, Coronavirus Deal Going on. Right and so here's the question. We all know where we're going here. How is everyone adjusting their offers for land and houses due to the global crisis slash stock market plummeting, etc. I was ready to send out uh, a land and house mailer, but now should I adjust my offers? What percentage are you offering now on land, on houses? Any suggestions greatly appreciated. So I was all on this thread. This is actually what I was doing two nights ago, up late. Um, I know uh, Kevin weighed in. We had a person who's in the health community, uh, who's like a doctor weigh in, who's in our group. And everybody said the same thing. And me too. Don't change a thing. You should not, this, this is not going to change your offer price. You shouldn't be trying to hit anybody harder or anything like that, how you're sending out your offers. Slash, however, what could happen is, you know, maybe, and we were talking about this a little bit this morning, I think, you know, maybe there's somebody that's working from home. Maybe there's, I know there's people in some places, airlines, for example, flights are cut and they're paid hourly. They're not salaried. So they might be in a further crunch and need your offer more than ever right now and be even more happy to accept because of this situation. They need the cash more than they need that piece of dirt over here that they, you know, kept as a, you know, rainy day thing. Now it's the rainy day. What do you want to say? News, of, news events. Uh-huh. Uh, kick off all kinds of stuff in history. Uh, the wrong news event can start a war. True. The wrong news event can cause the price of oil to tumble, which has far-reaching effects almost overnight, specifically with employment rates and stuff. This is a news event. This virus thing. The fact is, the vast majority of us, and I, the vast majority of us worldwide, 
are never going to be affected by this in any way. So I've really been studying it because I believe that this is actually going to kick off a little uh, mini recession. It already has. Is there any reality to it at all? Yeah, but it's tiny. Is it going to affect you listening to this? The chances are so small. Right. It's silly. So it's yeah, it's absolutely business as usual. I will say this, you know, that this will be this is going to set off some version of a little recession. This will be my fourth or fifth recession in my lifetime. And every single time we've ever had any type of economic recession in our in our country, it's been an incredible buying opportunity for real estate. I would like to add a little note there. That's something that's really important here. And I know a lot of people listening while you're listening to us is because he's been in this exact business for three, at least, at least three, three or four recessions. A lot of people like, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are up and coming. And I love it. People that were, you know, even members of Land Academy, they're out there giving advice and sharing their knowledge. And I and I love that. That's great. We're spreading it all around. And that's perfect. But when it comes to some of these topics, you really want to talk to somebody who's been there, done that, yeah. like this one, yep. more than me. And that's why I'm lucky I have him. He's been there, done that. He can, and I know what to do, and that's what we're sharing with Landy. It's a nice way of calling me old, and I'll take it. Well, no. No, because you could be old. You could be old and be an investor, and I've only been doing this for two years. You are not old, but an investor and been doing this way more than two years, since 90-whatever. So we get uh, we get this question when there's forest fires. We get this question when there's hurricanes. Uh, you know, no, you should never target anyone who's a victim of anything right. ever, ever. In fact, uh, we adjust where we send mailers when there's uh, geographic specific tragedy. You don't want to be that guy. Yeah. <laughs> so but should you adjust how you're buying and selling land, uh, houses mm-hmm. or land? No, no, you should do exactly the same thing. Exactly, exactly. what you should expect. Uh, if this thing goes on and we're in the very early stages so hopefully it doesn't you should expect a higher uh, acceptance rate exactly and just do those deals even faster yeah keep keep the cash are we turning. monopolizing on any tragedy no nope. it's just the way the world is exactly you know these I, I will are say we, this it's like are we, are we calling out the toilet paper and the rubber club <laughs> and the antiseptic and sanitizer people no <laughs> I have a couple points uh, on this virus thing number one I, I read like what a bunch of psychologists got together and, and did a thing, like a, a talk like this. Like about, they normally do. About why, yeah. Because <laughs> they're psychologists. About a bunch why. of psychologists, a joke. A bunch of psychologists did a ch- had a chat. <laughs> oh, that's uncommon. <laughs> like why is, is toilet paper selling out at Costco? It's, that was the whole thing on this. Do you see that? No, but it's... And this is what I, they said. That actually kind of makes me mad, by the way. There are people out there that are like, I'll sell you toilet paper for $40. Are you kidding me? That's not nice. These psychologists said it has nothing to do with logic. So we don't need more toilet paper or water or any of that stuff. We're not, that is, there's no logic. It's going to be You know what it is? Retail therapy. They, they feel bad about whatever's happening for whatever reason, this virus thing. And so they, they want to buy some stuff. They don't want to frivolously spend, but mm-hmm. they feel good spending. They, right. they feel like they have some control over it. It's so they weird. go buy water and toilet paper, two things that never expire. It's hilarious. So it's retail therapy. It's not like a response to, you know, it's not an alarmist thing. Thank you. My second point is every single thing, every email I get about from our vendors, from our accountants and on and on, I don't care who, from our members, has to do with this virus. So from a marketing standpoint, just clear your mind on this because it's actually pretty cool. Every single person on the planet knows about this thing. 
and it only started like a month and a half ago. So how could we, how could you reach that many people about a piece of real estate that you have for sale? Because it would sell in a minute. So yeah. I'm impressed by this just marketing machine. Right. Uh, that can happen like this. I agree. To the corners of rural America, all the way to like some province in China. They know about this stuff. Yeah. And everything in between. Yeah. That's impressive as hell. It's true. I'm just in awe of marketing. Thank you. Lately, anyway. I understand. Today's topic, good acquisitions cure all other mistakes. This is why you're listening. Jill and I constantly, like every other person who buys and sell real, sells real estate, get up and solve problems. So in a great acquisition, everything goes fine. Uh, and honestly, probably 70% of them go like that. You buy a piece of property, uh, there's no, if you buy it properly, we don't ever really buy prop, pro, uh, property in it with paying too much. There's other stuff that can go on, problems with the title. If you go do your homework and really manage a transaction acquisition well, and while you're managing it, get the marketing ready to sell it, you're not gonna have some problems. If you do, at the end, have some problems, chances are you can trace it back to how you bought it and maybe some decisions that you know you should have made or things you should have looked into at the beginning of the deal or maybe even killed it. So how can you insurance policy yourself to make sure that these things ha don't happen at the end? That's my question to you. <laughs> Is it my turn now? Yeah. Okay, good. I, I set up the problem. You give us, oh, give us a solution, Joe. <sighs> up your numbers. <laughs> Seriously. That's perfect. That's it? That wasn't even on my list today. That's Jill, how you're, you you're, do. You're, how do you solve this? this totally is, correct. It's too easy. Good acquisitions solve all problems. This is the whole point. So how do you do that? You up your numbers. Well, how do you do that? You send more mail. You, you send out more offers. Because what does this do? Well, here's what happens. Now you have, instead of five to choose from, you have 50 to choose from. And if you think you can't find a good deal out of 50, now we got some problems. But what happens is people have five or three or two, and they're like, oh, shucks. And they're sitting there going, which is the, which one is, is not suck the least or something like that. You know, you never want to be in that position because you're going to make bad decisions. So, so that's it. You shouldn't be forcing yourself to find a deal. So, and if you have, say you have two house deals instead of 10, because you didn't send out enough offers, right? You're looking at two and one's got severe foundation problems and one, you're not loving the price. You know, maybe this area's uh, not moving as fast and you're staring at these two. This is what, what happens sometimes. You know, I find people doing, you know, and I'm trying to tell them stop that, you know, and I'll tell you how to fix this too. So here's your, here's your choices. You didn't send enough offers. You're, you're staring at one with a real bad foundation problems and you're trying to cost it out and realize, well, maybe the right builder knows what to do or maybe I should even investigate and see how bad it really is and get some uh, appraisals. Or the other one is, uh, shucks, I'm just not in love with the deal. I don't know about the price, but the seller is hell-bent on this price and I know that there is some value there. So if you're staring at these two issues, you know what I want you to do? I want you to put them aside I want you to send out some more offers right now today because then what will happen is in 10 days you're going to have a flood of more offers and you're going to go oh and you're going to put those those two will get pushed down your list and you won't even have to worry about it. you'll have some good ones that's what i want you to do
What do you want to go? What do you want to say? No, I think that some of us, if you go to the, if you've, if you've ever been to our live event, they're packed full of stories that start with a sentence like this. Well, it's a really good thing that I bought this property for uh, 20 or 30 or 40 percent of what it's worth because this is what happened. Mm-hmm. And it's then everybody ends up still making money. You want to put yourself in that situation. So there's always unknowns at the end of a deal. Not always. Sometimes some unknowns at the end of a deal, especially when you're dealing with houses. Mm-hmm. You just want to make sure you buy it right. right. And then so you can absorb an extra whatever uh, for whatever ends up happening at the end. Like we did, we did a deal recently where there was a exit HOA fee. Yep. So we always expect an entrance HOA fee. We weren't bright enough apparently in this case to talk about an exit HOA fee. So it was a, a substantial. It was four thousand dollars yeah. in the end. It was two thousand on the buy side and two thousand on the sell side. And we still ended up making seventy thousand bucks in the deal, but we could have made seventy five. You know, so, and there was an agent. That's another right. one too. Sometimes you yeah make sure your margin's not so small. Right. That you, um, like you're just saying. You know, we always want to buy without an agent and sell without an agent, but it doesn't always go that way. So you need to kind of be prepared. There's, my dad used to say, there's two types of <clears throat> problems in life, ones that money solve and ones that money don't. And uh, this whole business model that we have, money solves everything. So if you buy property cheap, you're going to do okay. Mm-hmm. The up your numbers thing is a great way to handle it from a mail standpoint. What I originally thought you meant was do 50 deals. And if one or two of them, there's some problems or that something, too. now you've got 48 deals where you made 50,000, 100,000 bucks on each of that them. That too. And you're not crying. You're not crying over this one deal. You know, I, I just, uh, some stuff just hit me on my on, on my desk on a deal that our staff and Jill did and it's done. And everybody, we had the celebration, it's long over. And I we found out on the sell side recently, really recently, because uh, right the title company went back and did an audit and said, you know, I, the, sell, the selling title company said, hey, by the way, uh, when you guys bought this, the title company that did this deal, they didn't catch the fact that there were some really old taxes. So the title company said, let's look at the 2019, 18, and 17 taxes. It's three years. That's what we typically look at. Check, check, check. All set. Here's your prorations. Let's close the deal. Well, there were some 2000, and, and it all checked. They were all paid. The 2016 taxes weren't paid. So now it's a he said, she said, uh, title insurance, uh, uh, you know, and it got to my desk. So when it gets to my desk, nobody in our company, including Jill, and I respectfully, you shouldn't be working on that anyway. I have to deal with it. And so I thought you were going to say, nobody in our company, especially <laughs> Jill, is wants to be within 10 feet of me. Because <laughs> if anything gets on my desk, it's bad. If What should get on my desk is a check or an, a lunch order form. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> So, what would you like for lunch today, boss? <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, I'm neck deep down this lawyer's throat. Look, and actually, I didn't tell you this this morning. Looks like we're, they're going to write a check. Really? Yeah, I didn't tell you this. Oh no, I was that real, would be nice to know. Really angry about this yeah. yesterday. Thank so, you. stuff comes up. We made more it's than two hundred thousand bucks in this deal. It's fine. And I think it's twelve hundred dollars of misprorationed. Maybe a little more, two, two to three thousand. Mm. So I was just ready to chalk it up and say, you know what? It's fine. That is, but you know this, what? That's, we, get, we took a little hit. Well, that's that was I think was your whole point, which is true, and that's not what this show is about at all. But there's sometimes that things don't go that well, and if you're doing one deal a month, that's going to hurt you. Yeah. But if you're doing one deal a week, eh, not not a big deal. Good. Those other three took care of that one, and I'll never do that again. So, and you know what the moral of the story with me, by the way, um, is, the taxes. well, not only that, is 
check your title agents work mm -hmm. you know that's that's yeah. really and i think we're going to talk about that we have um some member calls later today that i'm going to really kind of stress with everybody don't just like agents do. Agents are famous for this. They have a title agent, they walk away and assume the title agent's gonna close a deal for them, like track down buyer, track down seller, do everything in a timely manner so no one loses interest. That's what agents do, not that, not the case. And we know that because we've had deals that didn't go through, right? You gotta babysit these things all the way through. But now you have to babysit them even more. I don't know. If it's a trend, I don't know if it's just we've had a few no, weirdos lately. If they've gotten lazy, I don't know. But you gotta double check their work, and that's all. But that's okay. You want to make sure when these things happen that it's like you got hit and you're bruising. It's not you got hit and you're in the hospital for six months. You know, you really want to just. Be, yeah. The only reason it's bruising is because you have you've had so many wins that right. this that this one thing this two or three or four thousand thing that it ends up being it's just like ha i learned exactly happy you could join us today every tuesday and thursday we are right here on the house academy show monday wednesday friday you can find us on the land academy show tomorrow on the land academy show there's an episode called the mystery of land investing solved you are not alone in your real estate ambition that was show 1200 i think it was 1199 I you think it was twelve hundred? Think it's yeah, because oh, tomorrow's yeah, twelve hundred. Oh, and we're still here. <laughs> Aren't you lucky? Aren't you lucky? One of we're three listeners. We're still here. You're still here. <laughs> what does that say? <laughs> Speaking of show twelve hundred, like all the other eleven hundred and ninety nine, it is brought to you commercial free as our loyal listener. So wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening, please subscribe and rate us there. We, we are Stephen Jill. Jill. Information and inspiration. To buy undervalued property.